podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to figure out what games you played in 2020 when you didn't track your game plays. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, it's the award show you all might have forgotten about but still happens every year. First, we discuss a couple games we played recently, Break In Area 51, Dream Runners, and Rosetta the Lost Language. Then, it's the 2020 Blitzies! And now, here are your hosts, Bambi and Crystal. Just a couple of quick announcements before we hop into the main episode. This weekend, as part of the Virtual Game Summit, I am going to be co-hosting a coffee and chill onesie stream with Ooh. Monique, Game Freak Geek Girl, on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. But don't forget, it's daylight savings time, so that's going to make things a little bit weird for all of us. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be super fun. Virtual Game Summit's doing a lot of really neat events this weekend, like a pet parade and other things. So definitely go check that out and get your tickets if you haven't yet. Another stream that's coming up in a few weeks is Tabletop Live Network for March, the end of March on Saturday, the 27th. We will be in the 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. slot Pacific time, so that's 3 p.m. Eastern, starting off the 24-hour stream marathon on Twitch. Yeah. I'm hyped that we get to, like, so there's the pre-show before us, but then we're kicking Mm -hmm. everything off, and that's going to be fun. Yeah, so save the date for that. Yes, we do not know what we're playing yet, just because we're recording this quite a ways away from that, but hopefully we will have more information about what we're playing Mm -hmm. soon. Ambie, is this a first for us? (laughs) I think so. Okay, so we we have in the past, we've talked about games that we've both played, mm-hmm. but I think this is the very first episode of the podcast where we are talking about three recently played games, and we played all three of those games together. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've played all the games together. <laughs> yeah, this is never, like, we're like a normal board game podcast all of a sudden, yeah. where, like, people get together and play games and then talk about them. But, we're, like, yeah. so I'm really excited about this. We actually, like, get to be a little bit more interactive with each other, which we try and do anyway, but mm-hmm. why don't you kick it off with our first game? All right, the first game we're going to talk about is Rosetta the Lost Language, which is a 2020 game designed by Jono Naito and published by Story Machine Games. So <laughs> this is Crystal's game. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> this, like, literally, I, this game was made for me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's it's a language game. So if you've seen the movie Arrival, it's like that in board game form. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, it's it's basically there's there's script languages. There's a bunch of cards with different carvings in them that's supposed to represent a word or some meaning in a different language and then there's other cards with with pictures on them of locations and one person is trying to figure out or like make up a meaning of the carving and then everyone else is trying to guess and it's cooperative so the people guess and then the person who knows the meaning like draws out what their guess is in that language and then as they go back and forth guessing and then drawing out the answer (laughs) the people will discover more about the language and eventually get to the meaning. So that's really neat how that works. We recently streamed this on our Twitch channel and Mm -hmm. like multiple people went to the website and bought copies of this game while we were playing it. Like if that tells you how neat it is. Yeah. 
I just, I fell in love with this game so freaking hard. <laughs> I like word games. This isn't really a word game, though. It's it's a language, it's a language game. game. Yeah. It's yeah. very unique in that way. And yeah, like these the symbols on these cards aren't, they don't look like any language that exists, mm-hmm. unless you're kind of talking more along the lines of like hieroglyphics or other things mm-hmm. like, because they're picture-esque, but they're not. And they're letter-esque, but they're not. And <laughs> yeah. I just... Oh, we had so much fun playing this on stream. And it was neat because chat was able to help us. I definitely want to play this one online on the stream more. I would love to play this more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was Rosetta, The Lost Language. And I actually got a review copy of it from Story Machine Games. And I am regretting having not known about it before then (laughs) to ask. Because now I'll just buy my own copy is what this is going to I mean, I I have to own it. If you like etymology, I mean, which you listen to our podcast, you might enjoy it a little bit. (laughs) Like, if you like words or language or mm-hmm. cooperative games, like, it's definitely, definitely worth getting. Yeah. So then we also got to play another game called Dream Runners, which is a polyomino tile laying real-time game where you are... It's, the theme kind of breaks down a little bit in the mechanics of this one, but you are collecting these polyomino tiles And then during a real-time phase, a card comes out that has specific items on it that you can collect or nightmares that you need to get rid of. And the icons on your polyomino tiles have to be arranged together in a way to do that based on the card that came out. It's a nine by nine or a three by three grid, a nine tile grid. And you use your tiles to arrange them in a way that if they were to be placed on top of the card that came out, um, that you would get to collect the items and scare away the nightmares and then you're collecting resources and uh, keys and crystals and turning that all in for points at the end. And this one was fairly light and simple. I think mm-hmm. for like a family weight game, though, it was really interesting gameplay wise. Yeah, I liked the puzzly part, just like the speed puzzle part, because yeah. you want to be the first one because you get a little bonus for getting it done first. But it's not too much speed dependent because like when the first person's done, they flip over a timer and there's still like 30 seconds left for everyone else to finish. So not too stressful. Right. And since it's a three by three grid, it's not like you're working with too much stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think even with the real time aspect, like you could play this with kids and it would Mm -hmm. still be fine. And obviously I know a lot of parents modify some of those rules a little bit. Like maybe the timer doesn't matter so much for the younger kids or whatever else. The artwork is great. Everything Mm -hmm. looks neat. Yeah. The components are super good. Um, The insert is really nice. Oh my gosh. The insert is so good. (laughs) I love a good insert. It's so funny how satisfying mm. that can be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we got review copies. We were really grateful. The publisher mm. sent each of us a copy of Dream Runners so we could play it together on stream because we each needed a copy of the game to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we were super grateful that they were willing to do that. And I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, me too. And then the last game, well, the last game we're going to talk about today <laughs> that we played together is Break In Area 51 which is an escape room kind of style game that was published in 2020. I, I talked about in an earlier podcast, Break In Alcatraz, which is the same system as this one. It's the break in system, but it's a, it, it's a weirdly shaped box that you open up. And like, as you play, you open up more of the box. There's a huge toy factor to it. Like you're, you're trying to break into area 51 to uh, rescue your fellow alien thing. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah the box is really neat because yeah Yeah. normally in an escape room game you're 
thematically trying to break out of somewhere. But yeah. in this game, the box itself is a thing that you have to break into. Mm-hmm. And this one was on the easier side as far as like the puzzle difficulty goes. But mm-hmm. for me, the novelty and the toy factor of it kind of balances out the fact that some of the puzzles were a little bit simplistic. Yeah, I, I really like the toy factor. And I think I mentioned this in the other one too, that I, I liked the opening of the box. That was possibly my favorite part. I, I think I remember in the other one, I was disappointed with some of the puzzles. There were like some typos and stuff that made them not work. In this one, there was one puzzle that there was like one thing that made it not work. But like, if we ignored that, then it was okay. <laughs> yeah, we kind of just like forced our way through yeah. it. <laughs> yes. But otherwise, everything worked. So it was a lot better typo-wise than the first one. Um, And then the toy factor was cool. It it doesn't have a timer or anything, so you can't lose the game. Yeah, you don't get a rating like you do with, like, unlock or Yeah, there's no scores or anything. So if you don't like the stress of timers for for escape room type games, but you want to do the puzzles and stuff, then this might be a good one to try. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I uh, Somebody was telling me, I didn't realize, I guess Z Garcia played this and reviewed it and ripped it a new one. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess. I, I hadn't seen his review of this, but I enjoyed it, so. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Yeah, so that was Break-In Area 51. We each got review copies of that as well, and we played it on stream. I'll actually link all of the YouTube videos of the Twitch streams of all of the games we played, because now then you can watch them. Absolutely. And like I said before, we're super grateful to the publishers of these games because we recognize that, you know, it's sometimes a lot to send two copies of a game to to a single review outlet. And Ambie and I are never in the same place, even, you know, when it's not a pandemic. But <laughs> I we really appreciate that these publishers have been willing to, to give us each a copy of the game so we are able to play them together. And I love yeah. streaming games like this. Yeah. So I, I mean, if there are publishers out there who listen to this and you would like us to play your games on stream, like reach out to us, uh, mm-hmm. send us an email and, you know, we'd love to chat. Amby, it is that time mm-hmm. again. Technically, it's a little bit later than we typically do, but mm-hmm. every year of the podcast, it comes again. The Blitzies! <laughs> Woo! The Blitzies are the most prestigious <laughs> podcast award show. And by most prestigious, I mean not at all prestigious, but we want to share our favorite games from the previous year with you. And so that's what we do. Uh, and we're going to start off this time with our top five of the year. And then we're going to move to some categories that cover a few other games um, and some other stuff. But I'm just going to kick things off right off the bat with my number five which is Sovereign Skies. Sovereign Skies is a game that came out in 2020 from Deepwater Games. It is a action selection rondelle style area control game, and none of those terms do it any justice. I'm actually going to talk about this one a little bit more uh, later in the episode. Needless to say, I do not think enough people know that Sovereign Skies exists, and if they did, they would really like it, because it's a quick game that's really meaty, feels bigger than it is, and is super, super fun. So that's my number five, Sovereign Skies. My number five, well, actually, let me say, I didn't play that many games that came out in 2020, (laughs) so... It was tough for me to come up with this list, <laughs> but also I, I didn't play mini games at all in 2020. But anyways, my number five is The Crew, which 
Uh, according to BGG, it says 2019, but the American actually, release like, was 2020. Yeah, it's, so, it's considered a 2020 release. So, so we're counting it as 2020. <laughs> and I'm gonna like contradict myself later on in this list here but that's okay but so uh the crew is a cooperative trick-taking game i've actually only played it at two players i know i actually have played it more but in real life <laughs> not online i've only played it at two players so like i haven't played it that much at more players and it's like a campaign game so you want to play it more with a group of people and and i haven't really gotten to do that yet so that's probably why it's lower on my list because I haven't like gotten the full experience of being able to play it with a lot of people. Yeah, so that's the crew. My number four is an adorable quilt-making, tile-laying game about kitty cats. That's Calico. It's a tile-laying game where you are playing down pieces of a quilt trying to attract cats to come lay down on your quilt, which sounds adorable, but man, oh man, is this game fun. I... I have played this a bunch of times now online and I do not have a physical copy of the game yet, but you better believe I'm going to because I love it. Mm -hmm. The artwork is gorgeous. The gameplay is super interesting. There's variable scoring tiles that come out. So every game is a little bit different depending on which scoring tiles you have and which cats you're trying to attract. A lot of pattern building and like pattern recognition in how you lay the tiles out. It's just so good. I love it. There's a reason why I think it's been a kind of hard to find because it's super popular that is my number four calico my number four we just mentioned and recently played and that is rosetta the lost language so we already know <laughs> that we like it so <laughs> well, that. as a matter of fact it's my number three so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rosetta Yay. the lost language is our first crossover uh mm -hmm. of the top five and yeah it's super great and i imagine that as more people discover this game, it's going to become more popular, or it should, mm -hmm. because it's super awesome. Yeah. My number three is Project L, which is a polyomino engine building game. Yeah. So it, it's like Splendor, but with polyominoes and like building those instead of getting gems. And I like engine building, and I also like the little like putting together of the polyominoes, and it has like really nice pieces too. So that's Project L. My number two is our second crossover of our top five, and that is The Crew. We'll get to this later, but in our last Blitzies episode, we did talk about The Crew. Yeah. And we'll, we'll mention that shortly. But needless to say, my initial hype about The Crew held up and then some. And I'm still mm. loving it. I am still actively playing it on a regular basis with friends. I love it so much. It is wonderful. It is one of my favorite trick takers. It might be my favorite trick taker i think that might be my favorite trick take trick taking game so the crew is my number two yay my number two is the curious stairs of mr hinks which is an escape room type game they had the curious elevator of mr hinks and the curious stairs which i played both of them in 2020 or recently i don't know i, I think it was 2020 that i played them um but the stairs is like a prequel to the elevator and it has more difficult puzzles so i like having more difficult puzzles. And also like the escape room game is a game with a web app. So you like put in the answers on a website, but then you don't have to like Google anything, which is what I like. And it felt more escape roomy because of that, because it had like the web app where you're going to the different floors of the stairs. And then there were a bunch of different cool puzzle things, physical components to it. So I liked the curious stairs of Mr. Hanks a lot. The, I really enjoyed playing the curious stairs as well. Mm -hmm. Both the curious elevator and the curious stairs were super fun. Mm -hmm. 
And my number one game of the year probably won't be a surprise because I have mentioned it a few times this year about how much I love it. And that is Forgotten Waters from Plaid Hat Games. It is the game that has made it so I can't say I hate pirate games anymore <laughs> because I used to really strongly not like most pirate games. And this pirate game is the best. It is <laughs> interesting stories. The app has narration with character voices. It is immersive and interesting and so much fun. There's a whole bunch of scenarios. I really, really, really love this one. And it is one of the few games, like few big board games that I've actually played solo this year. And that's not a thing that I typically do. If I play a solo game, it's usually a smaller footprint, more simple Mm -hmm. one. And this is a big game to get up and set up, but I love it. And so therefore Forgotten Waters is my number one. I still need to play that one. Well, we should just do that then on the screen because there's a way to play it remotely without you having a copy of the game. So Yeah, we should do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My number one is the contradiction I was talking about early because it actually came out in 2021, (laughs) but BGG says 2020 and this is Rolling Stock Stars and I just wanted to have it on this list because I'm going to forget next year because I've been excited for it for so long and I actually like played it back in 2017 or something. So <laughs> it's hard for me to know what and year it actually And you talked about it back out. then. I remember yeah. you talking about yes, it on I the did. podcast. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Rolling Stock Stars is an economic card game, uh, 18xx inspired card game. So there's no track or anything. It's just a lot of stock. You're auctioning off companies, getting them and turning them into corporations and then getting them better and there's a lot of stock stuff and lots of math (laughs) so um yeah pretty heavy game but i really like rolling stock stars not as much as toby likes it but (laughs) but it's fun all right so that was our top five for 2020 let's head into some categories our first category is our is the new to us game so this is the game that we played for the first time in 2020 but did not release in 2020. So what's yours, Ambi? Mine is Awkward Guests, which I think Ooh, is 2016. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this has been hard to find for a while, but I got it used. Like someone was getting rid of a bunch of their games and selling them on Board Game Geek, like an auction, I think. And so I was like, oh, I've been wanting to play this. This is a Awkward Guests is a deduction game that's kind of like Clue, but with a lot more stuff. <laughs> like there's a map of the house <laughs> in like the different rooms that people can go to and you're passing around cards for information. I've only played it once at two players though. And I can tell like you, you'll want to play it at more players because with two players, the information you have similar information to the other person, but like with more players, you'll be passing around information and people, it will be distributed more and you won't just have the same information as the other person as much. So I, I really like deduction games. And so I want to play, Awkward guess more with more players. See, and when I, I actually liked playing this one two players because mm-hmm. from my point of view, it was interesting what information you passed to the other player, like strategically, like mm-hmm. especially trying to get information back from them. I also liked the fact that you don't have to track what information you've given to them because it is just mm-hmm. the only other player in the game. Oh. <laughs> Whereas in like, if you played this at the full player count of eight players, you would have to keep track of what cards you've shown to all of the other players. And that kind of sounds yeah. like a nightmare, but I also kind of wanted do it <laughs> i don't know if i want to do full eight yeah <laughs> no probably like not i think three four, or four. <laughs> four yeah like four would probably be really fun yeah. and we have talked about doing this online as well because we can technically play this one remotely if we each have copies of the game yeah 
it'll be a pain and it'll take a while, but it'll <laughs> yeah. be fun. I would say that awkward guests would definitely fit into the new to me category as well, except I didn't play it till 2021. So it wouldn't be in my 2020 list. But mm -hmm. what I did play in 2020 that I really, really loved was Cryptid. And it surprised mm -hmm. me quite a bit. I guess deduction is kind of the so, theme deduction. for you and I. Yeah, for, uh, for, for new to us games in 2020. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I've always enjoyed deduction games. But I'm just bad at most of them. Mm -hmm. And this one was really fun. So yeah, Cryptid, I'm going to call that my favorite new to me game that I played in 2020. And that's another one that you don't really need to keep track. You don't need to like, mark anything on paper because everything's out on the board yeah like, all the information it, it, that's the out. thing i these games where the note taking is either not as important or more clearly mm -hmm. defined make these deduction games more accessible to me because i'm mm -hmm. bad at note taking if you just <laughs> tell me to take notes like even in clue which is a relatively simple game <laughs> i take what i think are detailed notes and then at the end of it i get all of the pieces wrong and i don't know how <laughs> All right, our next category is cooperative games. So what was your favorite cooperative game? My fave co-op games of the year? I already mentioned them. Forgotten Waters and The Crew. They were my top two and my top five, and they're both awesome, and they're both cooperative. So that's an easy one. Let's go to yours, Zambi. <laughs> Mine I already also mentioned, uh, The Curious Stairs of Mr. Hanks. So Awesome! Yeah. <laughs> next category. All right, so Ambi, let's name something that you haven't named yet. What was your favorite solo game of the year? In a year with a pandemic, a solo game yeah. has, has a lot of value. I actually started playing solo games and streaming them on Twitch in like August or something. But a lot of the games I played were print and play games. So a bunch of print and play games are going to make this list <laughs> because there were a bunch that were made in 2020. And one of them was Rollway Station, which is an 18xx inspired roll and write print and play game. So it, it's a heavier print and play game. I've only played it once though. But like you're you're rolling dice, you're making routes, getting shares and buying trains for companies. And so you're trying to like balance everything to get the highest score. And it's a solo game. So that's Rollaway Station. Free print and play. And my favorite solo game of the year came from Neil Patrick Harris, which mm. that's not a thing that I would have expected to say, but it <laughs> yeah. did. Uh, Box One is kind of like an escape room game. Kind of yeah. not. And they very specifically tell you that you're not really supposed to talk about it after you play it, except to recommend it to people. So I'm not going to spoil any of it for you, except to say I really, really enjoyed it and I would recommend it. And you can get it, I think, even just at like Target or wherever. So box one is very, very fun. Yeah, I I like that too. I That probably would have made my list, but I forgot that it is a game because it's not on Board Game Geek. So I, I know, it's the not play. on Board Game Geek, which is interesting, but... Well, it also doesn't like have a timer, so it's more like a, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> true. Well, speaking of escape room style games, let's <laughs> talk about our favorite escape room games of the year. Well, mine I've already mentioned a couple times, so Curious Stairs of Mr. Hanks again. Hey, what there about you go. You? If it's good, it's good. And I, yeah, I did enjoy that one as well. For me, my favorite escape room of the year, uh, I'm going with the Star Wars Unlock. So mm -hmm. this is technically three different escape rooms all in one box. I have heard people say that they think the set of Star Wars unlocks is a little bit too easy compared to some of the other unlock series. I enjoy mm -hmm. the lighter ones, and I thought that some of the puzzles 
that they did with this one, which I'm being very vague about, not going to give specifics, were really interesting and innovative and neat. Uh, and I think Unlock is getting more creative as time goes by. And I love the theme. Star Wars is great. So uh, I was really, really pleasantly surprised by the Star Wars Unlock series. So that's my fave escape room game this year. And it looks like, Ambie, you and I are going to sync up on our next category for our favorite Roll and Write game of the year. Mm -hmm. Y'all know I love me some Roll and Writes. And I actually played more this year. <laughs> yeah, you played quite a few Roll and Write games. Yeah. Yes, a lot of them were print and plays. And this one actually played the print and play version of it. And that's Super Skill Pinball. <laughs> yes, our good friend Jeff Engelstein, mm -hmm. who is just awesome, created a Roll and Write game that simulates actual pinball and it works it works so yeah. well and it's so fun and they have new tables coming there's expansion content Ooh, that they're cool. working on uh yeah ramp the ramp it up expansion i think is coming out this year pretty soon i want to say mm -hmm. so i'm super excited to see more stuff come for super skill pinball but i if you enjoy roll and write games or pinball this is an easy mm -hmm. pickup because it's going to give you a lot of really good feelings yeah, I played it with my parents, and they both liked it, too. Like, it, it feels kind of like pinball. My parents like pinball, too, so. And I do, too. We have a pinball machine. So. Yeah, you have the Lord of the Rings pinball machine at your yes, house. Yes, I have the Lord of the Rings one, and my my parents have, like, an old pinball machine. So oh, nice. grew up with pinball. That's very cool. Our next category is underrated game. So what was your favorite underrated game? So this is what I mentioned earlier in my top five. My number five game in my top five was Sovereign Skies, and it is also my favorite underrated game of the year. I I don't know why people aren't talking about this game. I don't know if maybe just people haven't heard or didn't pick it up, just, you know, the pandemic hit or whatever else. I love this game so much, and it it's one of those games that as soon as you start playing it, you just go, ooh, Ooh, this makes sense. This fits. This feels good to play. Like mechanically, it's so solid and interesting and I just cannot recommend it enough. So yeah, I think if you haven't picked up Sovereign Skies from Deepwater Games, go grab it. I, I hope that they're coming out with expansion content in the future. I would love to see more. But yeah, Sovereign Skies, definitely underrated, at least from my point of view. For me, I just want to keep plugging some of the free print and plays that I played because those are pretty underrated. Like before, I I didn't I hadn't really heard much about a lot of print and plays, but this year there were a bunch of new print and plays made, and especially by Joe Hout, <laughs> he, he designed like a bunch of different roll and write print and plays. And two of them that I really like are Paleontologist and Abstract. They're both really quick roll and write games that can be played solo or like a bunch of people simultaneously, like zero or one to infinity players basically but yeah they're they're really quick fun roll and write games and abstract is fun you get to color in things and paleontologists um is like a polyomino one so spatial games are fun our next category is our biggest surprise out of 2020 this one was hard for me mostly because a lot of the games that i loved in 2020 kind of surprised me there were quite a few that I played that struck me in ways that I didn't expect. Um, what was your biggest surprise of the year, Ambi? For me, I think I've mentioned before in previous years that like I don't tend to have big surprises because I don't usually have expectations one way or the other. So <laughs> I don't know, it's just like they exist. So <laughs> for me, biggest surprise was The Adventure Zone, which is a role-playing board game. And 
in the past when I've played role playing like mix mixes between RPGs and board games, like they haven't felt right one way or another. Yeah, they sometimes feel a little bit forced or a little bit awkward, yeah. right? Yeah. Or like they don't have enough of the RPG feel or something. But then with the Adventure Zone, it felt it got like the storytelling RPG feel of a role playing game that I like. And then without a dungeon master, it's fully cooperative. So I liked that a lot. So that was like a good surprise. I agree. I could have probably put this down for one of my biggest surprises as well. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the Adventure Zone. And I, I think this is one that definitely some more people should look into. My biggest surprise. This one doesn't seem that surprising. But the more I thought about it, I think it fits here. So I'm going to say Nova Luna. This is actually a game that was right outside of my top five. It's one of my favorite games of the year. And the reason to me that it's so surprising, when I think of Uwe Rosenberg, the games that come to mind first are his bigger, heavier games, generally. Like, I know that he does have some, like, obviously smaller, lighter games, too. But Nova Luna, at its core, is such a simple game and it looks so innocuous on a table like it doesn't look like much at all and it the reason it's my biggest surprise is because it dug its claws into me deeply and <laughs> ha it hasn't let go i really love it i've still been playing it i've played it solo i've played it with other people like and i'm not tired of it in any way shape or form having been playing it now for a year so mm -hmm. i i think it's surprising in that and, and that I still love it even though it's not like there's nothing variable about it there's nothing new each time and yet I still just adore it and our last category for 2020 games is the most innovative game so what's your most innovative do we have a cross over here we're, we're crossing over here too <laughs> yep we're we're gonna give another shout out to Rosetta the Lost Language yep. it it feels so much different than other games like I can't liken it to anything else. And I, maybe there are other games that do something similar, but I've just never seen any. So yeah, I think people were mentioning like another game when we played it on stream, but I don't remember what the game was. But it was like another party game, but I haven't played it. So okay, yeah. it's definitely not a common yeah, it's type definitely of not common game. So and I think the way it makes you think creatively about how language mm -hmm. is constructed is definitely very innovative yeah. and that it makes yeah. it approachable too. Like, yeah. cause that sounds like, how do you create a language in the midst of a board game? Like that yeah. sounds impossible. And yet this but game it makes works. it accessible. Yeah, it does yeah. work <laughs> and it's super fun. So then that's all of our stuff for this year. So let's head back in the Wayback machine to a year ago and talk about the things that we said were our most anticipated games of 2020. We were excited about these so, Ambie, what did you say were your most anticipated games? And were, did they come to fruition? Did you play them? What what happened? <laughs> so I mentioned The Crew, which I did play, but only at two players. <laughs> I was expecting to be able to play it at more players. Uh, yeah, the pandemic does make that difficult. Yeah. And then I also mentioned the, a bunch of Kickstarter fulfillments, like 18xx games, uh, 1861 and 1867, and Rolling Stock Stars. Well, Rolling Stock Stars wasn't a Kickstarter, but... Those actually came in like just recently. So in 2021, I guess that kind of counts as it came before the Blitzies episode. I mean, so. yeah, we, we, we're recording now. Yeah. So <laughs> in my recently played, I chimed in when you mentioned the crew because I had just played it on the cruise. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely on my radar. I had just played it at that point. Same thing. I had actually, I, I think one of my top, Things for uh, the year was stuff from Prospero Hall, and I specifically mentioned the Top Gun strategy game, which I also had just played mm -hmm. on the cruise. 
and it it was so much fun. I love the Top Gun strategy game. We we debated whether we were going to have a uh, an IP game category this year, mm-hmm. and if we had, this is what it would be the game in that category for me. Mm-hmm. And then also, I was excited about The Shining from Prospero Hall, which I do own. I bought it, but I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. Mm-hmm. So that one I need more players in person for. So I have it, and I'm excited to try it, but I haven't gotten to play it yet. So hopefully it lives up to my expectations. So what are you excited for in 2021? Or I'm actually excited for a lot of things in 2021. So I have a lot of Kickstarters that are going to likely fulfill in 2021. Some that I backed even as early as 2019, like uh, 1001 Odysseys. Technically, its Kickstarter was two years ago now, but it's going to come out this year finally. Return to Dark Tower, I've been waiting for for a while, and that's going to happen this year, I believe. The Crew Mission Deep Sea, which is the new version of The Crew, Dinosaur World, French Toast, Crash Octopus, Kabuto Sumo, (laughs) the new Oink games that got put on Kickstarter. Um, And then I've actually been backing some random like puzzle boxes and puzzle books on Kickstarter. And some of those are going to fulfill in 2021 as well, especially the puzzle boxes I'm really curious about. I know that's not really a board game, but I'm putting it here anyway because I'm excited about it. I like puzzle boxes a lot, but I haven't backed many Kickstarters. Although recently I have like almost doubled my Kickstarter backing. <laughs> Which uh, you have to clarify that for people who don't know your Kickstarter like habits. Th- three new Kickstarters. <laughs> like Amy used to not do Kickstarter at yeah. all, y'all. And now, yeah. now she's slowly starting no, I, to uh, fall, fall into yeah. the same hole the rest of us are trapped in. <laughs> but yeah, I backed the Oink Games and that's coming later this year. Also, Cora Quest. Um, yeah, Cora Quest! <laughs> which is, it says it's fulfilling in November, so maybe. And then uh, one thing that I'm really excited about this year is the Exit Game puzzles. So oh, yeah! Ex- the Exit series is escape room type board games, but they have a new, like new games coming out that have jigsaw puzzles in them. And I like jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> I've been streaming a bunch of them on our Twitch, and I like escape room games, so this is like for me. It really is. Like, Rosetta was for me. Exit game puzzles are for you. So I'm very excited about those as well. Well, we've covered a lot of games in this episode. I would love to hear from our viewers what their favorite games of 2020 were. So y'all hit us up on social media or on our BGG Guild and let us know what your favorite games of 2020 are. Also, feel free to chime in and tell us which games we played that were in 2020 that we forgot about because I didn't track any of my gameplays in 2020 and I know I'm forgetting things. (laughs) And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Ragnaroks, the upcoming abstract strategy game by Gordon Hamilton, the designer of Santorini, is on Kickstarter now. Don't miss your opportunity to get a copy of this awesome new game. Gray Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. You can support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mount. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, I want a game with somebody. I want to play a game with somebody. Yeah, I want a game with somebody. With somebody who's friendly. Bye, everyone. Bye.
My number four, you heard us just talk about a second ago. That's Rosetta, the lost language. Uh, no, that's I think, sweet. huh? That's my number four. Here's oh, wait, that's your, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's my number three. I was like, wait a minute. That's... I was looking at the wrong list. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, it's my number three. So spoiler alerts for the people listening to the unedited audio. <laughs> uh yeah that's right uh calico okay hold on 